of shooting, we picked the most difficult set ever. Smoke, mirrors in every direction. Love it. Welcome to Twilight. You're listening to Another Bite of Twilight, a podcast where we look back on our obsession with the Twilight Saga and continue to freak out ten years later. And you are listening to your favorite and only Twilight podcast. My mom asked why we laugh so much. Really? (laughs) Because we're having a great time. She was like, I feel like it's not funny what you're laughing at right now. That's really rude. (laughs) She's honestly not... She's a hater of the podcast. She's like, She not- should just stop listening to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guilt her. I'm like, did you listen to this week's episode? She's like, I'm gonna. And then she like... You should ask your dad instead. I don't think he would either. Mm. You know what? You don't need your family's support. <laughs> you no, know? I'm a girl. I'm sure we can think of a lot of people who didn't have their family support. I can't think of it right does now. Does your dad listen? Yeah, my dad does. So your whole family listens. I don't think Shannon does. You don't think Even so? Even though she was on the show. No, I really don't think Shannon listens to it. I feel like she's responded. Mm, Come to think of it. In the beginning, I don't think she does anymore. Shannon, if you're listening, <laughs> let us know. Another problem, another problem is sometimes I have to edit out things that make us laugh, but then our laughter carries on into the next thing we say and it doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah. Sometimes that happens. <laughs> but I have to cut it out because we either say something really dumb <laughs> or dumber than usual yeah. and or incorrect. Like there's been times when we said things were just wrong and it's like, okay, <laughs> like that's not his name or like that's not true. Like, <laughs> Are you referring to when I said wait God for his name? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Or, like, the two times I said that, um, <laughs> wait, what's the doctor Newman's name again? Chris White. Twice I said he was good looking or cute or something. Yeah. And then I was like, that's not really true. I'm like, I said that twice. Like, this is getting weird. Like, I need to cut one of them out. But I think the laughter, like, kept going. Anyway, yeah. welcome to another Bite of Twilight. We are so excited to have you here today. And today we're going to talk about. The woman that started it all. Like, no matter what you think of her, we would not be here at all. Literally. Without (laughs) Stephanie Meyer. We would not be alive. (laughs) We might not be. (laughs) No butterfly effect. Who knows? (laughs) She's older than us, so maybe we wouldn't be alive. Yeah, like, you don't know if, like, she knew someone who knew someone who... who affected our who parents affected, yeah. somehow. <laughs> you don't know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, she she's the author of Twilight, if you didn't know. Maybe yeah. you didn't. <laughs> so, but who is she? Mel, do you know her middle name? Oh, shit, no. <laughs> do you? No, I'm going to Google it right now. I'm just curious. I didn't find one. Wait, she actually might not have one. I don't... I don't isn't her name spelt the way it is because she's named after her father? Okay, yo, I found a lot of articles that said like her spelling was weird. Yeah, and her name, her father's name is Stephen, and so a, I re- I remember reading that way back yeah. in the day that it's spelled the way of a man like a Stephen because she's named after her father. Is Stephanie spelt in a different Usually way? Usually spelt 
S T E P H A. Oh, okay. E, not E. Oh, okay. N. So it's like Stephen E, almost. Oh, I feel like my cousin Stephanie spells it this way too. Really? On my dad's side of the family. I think that she actually does not have a middle name. Or, yeah, or but maybe was never. born Stephanie Morgan. I'm sure you know that. Yeah, that's actually. So we're going to go through her life and kind of yeah. just uncover who Stephanie Meyer is and what she's up to today. Because, you know, ever since Breaking Dawn came out, a lot of us have been wondering, like, what's next for her? And she's had other books come out. And she's kind of a mysterious woman. She's yeah. very private. She's and... not like jk rowling no who's always on twitter and yeah like, she's kind of a jk rowling is like a character and mm-hmm. i feel like we know her pretty well or we feel yeah. like we do whereas stephanie i don't know she keeps to herself i think that she wants to just be like normal and mm-hmm. doesn't really want to talk about writing all the time and she's been pretty active lately doing things like she's, she's been producing things yeah and, and a lot of youtubers somehow landed interviews with yeah, her yeah did you find that yes i did find yeah. that they would be like in forks in a forest and like, hey guys, yeah i'm that. here with author stephanie Meyer. i saw that yeah a bunch of youtubers talked to her how did they get her i don't know <laughs> but i um, think we could maybe i feel like we've dissed twilight like no well we've criticized it i feel like we're we're even yeah we we love twilight but like we, we we see both sides. Yeah. We're not going to just, like, see only one side of things. But I know? feel like we've criticized I feel it. like even Stephanie herself yeah. sees both sides. The fact that she made this, like, life and depth book. Yeah, it's like that's She's true. like, all right, let me try to see a different point of view. I don't know. I that's hope true. Stephanie didn't take any offense to things we've said i doubt she's listened she actually doesn't i mean i know do you think she's ever on spotify and says i'm gonna look for (laughs) a twilight podcast (laughs) i mean that's how everyone else has found us right (laughs) probably not she actually i know she wrote life and death but she kind of seems done with twilight to me lately so i don't think she thinks about it every day well i'll get to that later but i mean she has said before that she's done with it yeah and that she thinks about other things now. So, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. I it crosses her mind once a day. <laughs> <laughs> that, if I interviewed her, I would ask her how often she thinks of Twilight. Yeah. Um, I'd be like, do you think of it once a day at least? I bet. Like I an mean, ex? have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like just crosses your mind. Yeah. She must think about Twilight every day. <laughs> and on the podcast, we have my cat again walking by. He's very He's close. He's harmless. Okay, so do you want to just get into it? Yeah. So Mel has, she's done the research about Stephanie's early life. And she's going to teach me what she knows. And then I'm going to pick up after Twilight and tell, kind of fill in the blanks of what Stephanie's up to now. Okay. Do you have notes with you? They're on the computer. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I just have them memorized. (laughs) That would be crazy. Imagine. I have a script memorized. You're just going to wing it. Um, 
Okay, so she was born Stephanie Morgan mm-hmm. um, on Christmas Eve in wow. 1973. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I actually didn't know that. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Um, in Hartford, Connecticut. Wow. Which I didn't know. That's pretty close to us. Um, yeah, it's not I think far. I've been through there. I've driven through there. I wonder what her family was doing there because I feel like, you know, they're a very Mormon family and mm. there's not a big Mormon population I don't know. And and then it seems like... Was her childhood Mormon, or did she go into that later? Her childhood was. Oh, okay. So, um, she was the second child of six children. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, she was named after her dad, who was an auditor. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm just kidding. He was an accountant. Okay. Her husband was an auditor oh. later on. Her family moved to Phoenix when she was four, and it's actually at that age, four, she met her now husband what at a church event um no way that's crazy yeah poncho poncho that's his nickname but his real name's christian right christian yeah yeah that will come up later oh (laughs) (laughs) and she's described her childhood as very normal and sheltered pretty much boring i guess um her dad would read fantasy adult novels because he just like never cared about like to her because he did never wanted to read uh children's books so So he read adult fantasy novels to her to her growing up i wonder what those books were because i read that she hasn't watched game of thrones oh really (laughs) i'm like did she read them what else is an adult fantasy novel lord of the rings maybe that much to be honest she does i don't know she does so she went to. <laughs> she studied literature. She did. She did. That's yeah. true. But so did I. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? I started writing literature, and I actually did my reading homework on like you. So we're not all students. I like did it you, for the most. No, I did it for the most part. But sometimes it was a it was a um, a task. Um, so she went to Chaparral High School in Scottsdale, mm-hmm. Arizona. And I think she said in interviews that she felt very out of place because a lot of her peers were very privileged. More privileged than her. Like, they had Porsches and stuff like that, I guess. Mm. Um, And her dad was an accountant, so they probably had a good amount of money, but she was one of six children, so... Did her mom work? No, I think her mom was just a housewife. And, like, I feel like accountants, like, make fine money, but I don't know about... But for six kids. the only working parent. Yeah, yeah. I wonder um, if that influenced, like, you know how Bella has that kind of cool, vintage, but crappy truck, I and, like, everyone says, else kind of laughs at it? Yeah, I think that's why that's relevant, is mm-hmm. she relates to Bella in that she kind of feels like she can't relate to, like, yeah the means of everyone else. And we're supposed to be like, oh my god, that the Collins have nice cars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas, you know... Rich, rich kids reading it might be like oh yeah i have a yeah ford <laughs> or a jeep <laughs> volvo <laughs> yeah yeah but for us it's like a big deal yeah apparently she was really smart in high school and she earned high honors and she earned a national merit scholarship and would read the classics like jane austen charlotte bronte margaret mitchell i don't even know who margaret mitchell is to Me. be honest <laughs> i just read it off <laughs> Um, but apparently one of her English teachers was on the record. I don't know if this is true because I found it in a Daily Mail article, mm-hmm. which, is that reliable? Uh, 
I actually, oddly enough, had an internship a few years ago where I read Daily Mail like every day for it. Hard to explain why, but I don't know. Daily Mail usually backs stuff up with pictures and things, but like I'd say they're more reliable than some, but they stretch the truth. Yeah. Like they'll jump to conclusions because of things. Uh, So I don't know. Well, apparently they were able to interview a former English teacher of her Mm -hmm. who said that she was an unremarkable student. Honestly, someone would say that of me. Oh, literally (laughs) I resonated with this so much. Like, oh, she was into books, but... Yes. I don't remember her. If I ever reach any success, like, that's what... My my teacher wouldn't remember me, actually. I feel like I was very quiet. 100%. Although, one of my, like, my... Teachers who went on maternity leave. It was like my sophomore year teacher. She yeah, added me on LinkedIn. Whoa, isn't that crazy? Yeah, like, one of my teachers friended me on Facebook. Really? Mm-hmm. I am actually oh. um, friends with some of my wow. teachers on Facebook. Actually, my middle school gym teacher followed me on Twitter. <laughs> oh my God, he wasn't even my gym teacher. He was like the other wait, teams. Mr. Kitchen. No. <laughs> Mr. Kitchen. That was my elementary school oh. gym teacher. Mr. Kitchen. could never forget a name like that. Yeah. He was our elementary school gym teacher. And he actually, he moved away when we were in second grade. And then in fifth grade, we had a raffle. And the prize was you get to go to a pool party with Mr. Kitchen. And Mr. Kitchen, just, we're all graduating fifth grade. He just shows up to this pool party with like a ton of like 20, like 25 uh fifth grade girls what and the hell he just like comes to a pool party with us looking back isn't that so weird it's very weird how old was he probably in his 20s or 30s i guess like kids just love their teachers sometimes yeah especially when they hard to understand when they have a fun name like that yeah like Like, like, everyone like he moved away but like for years people like remember mr kitchen (laughs) keith kitchen love ya (laughs) Anyway, back to Stephanie Meyer. So back to her. Yeah, so her teacher said, uh, I have a quote here. Can okay. I read it? Yeah. It said, she was bright, but not overly so. Her writing was good, but not outstanding. I remember her being very polite and fairly shy. Stephanie was in my daughter's year, but when she became famous, both of us had to look her picture up to remember her clearly. She just blended in. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like that's what people would say That's about what me. people would say about me <laughs> as well. <laughs> So she described herself as being a big reader, but Mm -hmm. the only thing that she never read was horror. So she Mm -hmm. never read anything with monsters in it. I read that too. She went to Brigham Young University, um, which is a Mormon university in Provo, Utah. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, There she studied English literature. And somewhere in that time, she reacquainted with Poncho. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, and they married, uh, I think, a year after that they started dating and then married a year later during her senior year of college. Okay, so she was still in college. Yeah, Mm. or it was at least like the same year that Mm. she graduated. But she actually um, had her first child the year that she graduated college. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, so she started early mm-hmm. having kids. Um, I have a feeling that Poncho was the only person she ever dated. Like Which, Bella and Edward. Yeah, but it's kind of weird because she's also said weird stuff. Like, she kind of describes 
Twilight as being so different from her life and that she never dated anyone like Edward. Like, she's been on the record and said that she always kind of dated, like, the Mike Newtons and the Eric Yorks. I also remember her saying that when Bella goes to high school and everyone thinks she's, like, really attractive, she said that that was her experience kind of going from high school to college. That, like, in high school people didn't really acknowledge her, but then in college... She kind of implied that in college, people thought she was, like, good-looking. Yeah. And that made me think that she, like, I don't know, flirted around with some guys. With some guys in college. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I kind of feel... Which is normal. I feel like I should not go on the record saying this, but I kind of feel the same way as when I was in high school. I feel like no one noticed me. Mm Mm-hmm. And then anytime anyone ever noticed me in college, it was like, oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I feel like you also get more confident in a way because you're like, okay, I know how to meet new people. I'm doing it. Like, I have new friends. Yeah. and awesome. When you're in (laughs) high school, middle school, I feel like people see you as... Who you were since kindergarten. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's hard to break out of that mold. Like, I always felt like I was, I knew I was shy in elementary school, and it was hard to shake that off. Yeah. Even in high school, when I, like, I didn't really have a reason to be that shy anymore. Not that you ever really have a reason, but, like, yeah, it was hard to change. Exactly. It's hard to open myself up to the people I went to school with. A hundred percent. So, to any of our young listeners, (laughs) college is great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Or whatever you do after high school. Yeah. Yeah. Not to assume. (laughs) But so she has said, she said, um, I think for me, Twilight was dangerous. It was a new ground. I was nowhere near as mature as Bella at her age, and I would have never dated an Edward. I would have. I, well, just, (laughs) she, she says that, like, um, her childhood was very safe. It was practical. Oh, okay. Um, and she said, she said, I was very practical, and I chose a nice boy, my husband. Does she regret that slightly? It sounds like she does. Like, it sounds like Bella was her way to live vicariously yeah. and have like an exciting romance. I know, because she knew Poncho since she was like four. When she was four, yeah. Weird. I wonder how he feels about her <laughs> saying that stuff. Like, she's, maybe she was like, babe, I didn't mean it. Well, she's saying like she played it safe. And yeah. We don't know what they discuss, but. <laughs> Like nobody wants I bet to, that I bet that could have been a fight. No one wants to hear that like they are the definition of playing a playing safe. safe. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, but she also kind of attributes her um sort of more modest upbringing mm-hmm. to how what made her refrain from having so much sex like in yeah. the books like mm-hmm. So she, I mean, she says that she thinks that that kind of contributed to the success of Twilight because everything is a big deal. Like, the first time they hold hands, it's like a big deal, and you're like, oh my god. And that's how it is in real life. The first time you hold someone's hand... It's crazy. Yeah, and she says, if you just go right to sex, then you miss out on all of that stuff. Yeah. And so I feel like we've discussed it before where... In Twilight, you have a lot of those little moments where she's just thinking about Edward or... Or even, they, like, he'll touch her arm or something. Yeah, and, that and you're like, like, whoa, yeah. okay, he just touched her arm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> whereas I feel like if it was so much so soon, then yeah. it would, you would lose, like, all of that tension That's and true. excitement. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, and I do think that, like, yeah, you can make fun of the fact that 
Twilight is so like pure and wholesome and stuff, but like there a lot of things at that time for teens were not really that way. I mean, like Gossip Girl, I love it, but like it was very sexual and like they did drugs and stuff and yeah. like the show Skins, I also loved it, but same thing, sex, drugs and like um even the OC. Yeah, I mean, maybe People could say Twilight's lame for being so, like, pure, but, like, maybe it was interesting in a way. Because yeah. back then, and even still now, I think a lot of teen things, it's like, yeah, like, let's show teens, like, being rebellious and Yeah, stuff. exactly. So. I think it's also realistic, too. Like, I think that teenagers have sex less often than people oh, think. Oh, yeah. And especially nowadays, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They do less than teens did in, like, the 70s yeah. and stuff. Yeah. I mean, even, like, in Degrassi, I remember, if any of you guys watched Degrassi, there was one character who, like, never had sex. I know! Because I she thought was, that was Christian. And then, unrealistic. And then she... One. Even Liberty. Yeah. But then she ended up <laughs> losing sex. her virginity anyway. I know. Then there's nobody left. Then I was like, wow. Were, none of them, yeah. And like... Are you really telling me no one at Degassi yeah. is a virgin? Yeah. And I feel like that can kind of make kids feel bad. Yeah. Even movies like Juno and stuff, like, make fun of the fact that Polly Bleaker was like a virgin and stuff. Yeah. It's like, that's how most kids are. I kind of think of it like, I mean, I... Like, if it happens, it happens. But, mm-hmm. like, your childhood is so short. It's so short. And, like, I'm 24. Oh, my yeah. God. I can't even believe that. Now, and I, I miss it, kind of. And, like, it freaks me out that childhood's over. And I wouldn't... I seriously don't bother rushing to be an adult. Like, if yeah. you're a young listener, like, you'll get there. Yeah. And then you're there for the rest of your life. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you are. There's no turning back, unfortunately. Yeah. So, like, once you're an adult, like, not that being an adult sucks or anything, but it's just, you can't get back. Yeah. It's like Peter Pan. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, so one reviewer described Twilight as, oh, described Stephanie as the mistress of the erotics of abstinence. Mm. I mean, Twilight did, like... It did still have, like, sexual, like, tension. Yeah. And, like, it obviously inspired a lot of, like, fan fiction. Yeah. It's, like, that void or, like, that absence of it in your mind creates it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Which I think is more... I tried to read Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't... It was so boring to me. Yeah. Um, I don't know if any of our listeners have read it, but it was like, oh, here we are. I'm having sex. Oh, I'm having <laughs> sex again. I'm having sex again. Yeah. And, like, I can see how it could turn people on, but I was just like, oh, I don't care about the characters. I don't care about the story. Yeah. It just, it just felt like porn to me or something. I feel that. Did you read all of them? Yeah. I don't know why I did. <laughs> I remember, like, that summer, everyone at the – I worked at this ice cream place. Everyone was reading it. That's so funny. Like, my – friends were and my stuff mom read and like I kind of just like got caught up in it but like mm, the whole time I thought it was like dumb but for some reason I wanted to know what happened next yeah but nothing really happened no that's the thing yeah it's like it was, oh they have sex they have sex again they have yeah. sex again it's like he I know. ties her up he <laughs> smacks her and he... I don't know why I read them all yeah <sighs> it would be interesting to read a scene like that between Bella and Edward I know <laughs> It would be. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, 
anyways, um, she had her first child, yeah, the same year that she graduated, and then she had two after that. Mm -hmm. Um, Her kids are named Gabe, Seth, and Eli, which is kind of weird that she had a character named Seth. Yeah. Named after her son, probably. I like that name. I like it too, but it's like, why name only one? I know. Weird. One character after your kid, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, so her husband was an auditor. And mm-hmm. she was a housewife, and they lived in a small town, Cave Creek, Arizona, with a population of 4,900 people. Wow. I'll have to check that out on Google Maps later. I love... I think that's where they still live. I love looking at random towns on Google Maps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, like, explore it in the street view thing. Just, like, poking through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never been to Arizona or Utah. Yeah. I would like to go someday, though. so yeah she apparently had no aspirations to be anything other than a housewife Mm -hmm. um she was just a mom three kids three young kids um and then it all changed when she had a dream Mm -hmm. on june 2nd 2003 yeah she knows the exact date (laughs) yeah and she described it as it was just a teenage girl in a meadow with a beautiful teenage boy they were standing across from each other and she knew that the guy was a vampire mm-hmm. and that he was torn between loving her and wanting to kill her at the same time and it was wow. a very visceral dream and she woke up from it and she just didn't want to forget about it mm-hmm. so, i've actually had dreams like that me before. too but i forget about them <laughs> i remembered some of them but i guess they just weren't i don't know I didn't do yeah i didn't do anything with them like she did it's yeah, and, like, what could have happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's really interesting when I have a dream where I'm not in it. Yeah. It's, like, it's ex- so weird. when it's just, like, characters, mm-hmm. that's when it feels like, oh, that's something. And yeah. then I just, like, forget about it. Actually, I, like, I was listening to some interviews with her and watching them, and she was talking about, this kind of overlaps with, like, your research, and she's talking about being a stay-at-home mom, and mm-hmm. she said something about, like, she hit, like, a rut or something and didn't yes. feel like Stephanie anymore. Yeah. She didn't feel like herself anymore. She said on... And um, then she, like, had the dream and started writing. Yeah, she said on... Which made me feel kind of sad. Yeah. On Oprah, she said that it was a way to come back into herself mm-hmm. because she had three young kids and, like, she was just kind of taking care of them. So she yeah. wrote it down because she knew that, like... She said her kids were, like, really bad kids. Oh, oh really? Not bad, but they were really difficult babies. Like, yeah. they had illnesses and stuff. Oh, yeah. And, like, and I get that feeling of, like, I don't know who I am anymore. Yeah. And, like, that makes me feel a little sad for her. And, that like, scares me about having kids. Is yeah. I feel like, a lot of times women, and maybe guys, too, like, they just kind of, like, lose themselves and they mm-hmm. become parents. Yeah. And then you're just, like, someone's mom. Do you feel like... I sometimes feel like people are unfair to Stephanie Meyer because she's a stay-at-home mom. Like, people focus on that a lot. They're like, well, she has kids. Like, so what does that mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I could see. I feel like sometimes people are unfair to her because she's a Mormon as well. Yeah, it's like... Why does it have to come up in every single discussion yeah. about Twilight? It's like, the Mormon author. I'm like, I do we it- really need to bring that up every time? I think it could go hand in hand with people's criticism of Bella as being kind mm-hmm. of um, people who think she's dependent and yeah. not really her own woman. And then they think like, oh, well, she was just a housewife. You know yeah. what I mean? Like she didn't have any aspirations outside of her marriage or something. It's like, why is <laughs> why is it okay to have aspirations to be an auditor? Like, yeah. is that really, is that 
groundbreaking? Is that like yeah. changing the world? And actually, or like being a banker? After I don't know. <laughs> she, after Twilight became big, her mm-hmm. husband actually quit his job and he became a stay-at-home dad. Which like so then that's they, honorable. Yeah. So then they were both stay-at-home parents. <laughs> Which is the dream, really. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's actually a lot of hard work to, like, raise new human beings. Exactly. To, like, become good citizens of the world. And being a stay-at-home mom is not as easy as people think it is. And I think yeah. it's, like, so unfair when people, like, act like, mm, just a stay-at-home mom. Like, I don't know. I agree. I mean, it's a, I mean, because otherwise then you have other people taking care of your kids and, like, you're paying them to do it. So it's a job... No matter who's doing yeah, it. You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. you're taking care of them or... Yeah, why is it better to be, like, a preschool teacher or a nanny or... Why yeah. is it, like, oh, okay, yeah, your job's a nanny. Yeah, exactly. Like, why is that acceptable but yeah. not yeah. being a stay-at-home someone mom? someone has to take care of them. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. So... It's like, oh, she's a daycare teacher. Like, that's cool. Yeah. Stay-at-home mom? No. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I can also see the fear of losing yourself and just being yeah. a mom. Um, but I also think, like, Stephanie could be an inspiration to people who maybe are afraid of that or maybe feel that themselves. It's like, yeah. find something that you love to do or that you want to do or that you're interested in and, like, you can still do it yeah. even if you're a mom. Like, I feel like she could be an inspiration to people that, like, she still made something of herself. Yeah. So when she was writing mm-hmm. Twilight, she did not think of it as a book at all. She just was like writing. It's really it. weird to me because there's like chapters. Yeah, <laughs> I don't get that. It's like I didn't think it was a Some book. Some of this I don't like, know okay, how much so, I believe. I know, like okay, it seems you didn't think it was perfect. a book. Then what was it? Well, she says that she first she wrote it down and then she was just expanding it. I think like maybe it was like. She just was, like, enjoying seeing where the characters go, and she was writing it for herself. Would she say it was a story, if not a book? Or, yeah. like, a short story? I don't, think, or I don't get what she means by... I think by... she didn't see it as a book that she was going to do anything with. Okay, I think she saw I it as, like, mean. it was just for herself. I guess I don't... I didn't get what she meant by that. Like, it was just journal entry. Like, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I was thinking, though, that... This idea of writing something solely just for yourself, it's such a productive way to write. Like, in the past when I've written things, like, granted, they, like, weren't that great. But, like, if I just wrote something thinking, like, oh, this is just for me. Like, Mm -hmm. for instance, like, I tried to write about college. And, like, I would write pages and pages and pages. But if you write something thinking that people are going to read it, you get so caught up in like what people will think that like and it, then you get scared and then you keep changing yeah it. and then your writer's block is just like and actually i have something in that i found that she talked about that someone asked her like who do you write for or like what kind of audience you have in mind and she said me yeah i don't write for anyone but me and people might think that sounds like self-centered or something but like my fave singer ever lana del rey has said the same thing that yeah. she just writes music for her and like I think that that's the only way to be totally creatively authentic. Yeah, is like, I agree. You can't think about who your audience is going to be. I agree, 100%. Because then, like, you'll never really be real. Yeah, and then you'll just be so paralyzed mm-hmm. by yeah, like what she, people will think. She might have never published Twilight if she was, like, worried about what people thought. I kind of think that that's what her problem is now. Because she... That she worries about what, what people think. Yeah. Because... 
Mm-hmm. Especially with like Midnight Sun, like she knows that. Yeah, she's so worried about yeah. like. Well, I was gonna mention this, but the reason why she hasn't released it recently is because the author Fifty Shades of Grey came out with like her own version. Yeah. Of Fifty Shades in the male's perspective called Grey. And, like, Stephanie halted her work on that because of that. And it's like, we don't care, Stephanie. Like, just publish it. Like, it's like the success of Twilight kind of um, added way too much pressure about what she publishes after. Yeah. And I also feel like Life and Death was, like, a reaction to what people think of Twilight. Yeah, 100%. Where it's like... Twilight, I think what made it so successful is she just wrote it mm-hmm. and didn't, she wasn't, you know, yeah, trying to please an audience of any yeah. sorts. I mean, Breaking Dawn, I feel like she should have tried to more. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but what? whatever. whatever. It's her. <laughs> it's I kind of respect that. Yeah. It's like her crazy fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> and she obviously had never published anything before um she wasn't she took english she was a literature major but yeah i don't know how much writing she did for that Mm -hmm. so she said that she didn't do any research on vampires because Mm -hmm. she wanted to create her own story and not be limited yeah by anybody else's vampires or like worlds Mm -hmm. um and she wanted to the only research she did is what bella would have found in her research right Makes sense. Yeah. Like, I'm not... Vampires aren't real, so, like, I don't really know what the point is. Yeah, exactly. Researching it too much. Um, and she only showed the book to her older sister, who convinced convinced her to send it to literary agents, and Mm. it's kind of cute. She actually had to Google how to do that, Mm. and, like, how to write a query letter. She Mm -hmm. never learned that. Um, and she sent 15 letters out and got nine rejections and five no answers and one positive response from Jodi Reamer at Writer's House, which was the number one uh, literary agent that she wanted. So wow. it worked out for her. And Jodi Reamer, she apparently read it on a plane, mm-hmm. the first couple chapters, and she said she, or the query letter, and then she read the first couple chapters on a plane, and she was hooked. <gasps> and so then she signed her. I feel like 15 rejection, or 14 rejections, I guess you could say. It's not even that bad. No, it's not that bad. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. I feel like things just, like, worked out. Like, yeah. Like, it just seems so lucky. Like... They did. Um. So, she had that dream June 2nd, 2003. Mm-hmm. November 2003. That is five months later. She signed a... How? 700... deal with Little Brown. That's insane. um, To write, I think, three books. Oh, yeah. I think that that money was for three books. Um, But that's crazy. What the heck? Five months later? Five months later. After having uh the dream. So it took her three months to write. And then she had... And, like, literally... Some people spend, like, a decade writing a book. Some people spend their whole lives trying to write a book. Oh, my God. And she just, like, on a whim woke up, wrote it down, Was it God's gift to her? It was God's (laughs) gift to us, honestly. Um... Yeah, isn't that crazy? And then um, within a month after its release, it was number five on the New York Times bestseller list. Yeah, and just crazier and crazier, like, hit, you know, numbers happened after that, Yeah, too. and then it became one of the best-selling books of all time. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just, like, every, like, 
She had this dream, wrote it down, didn't think of anything of it, sent only 15 letters out, got one response back, signed her. Like, a month later, she got signed for a book deal. Oh, my God. And then a month later, it was a New York Times bestseller. <sighs> so, like, literally, I think... I don't... When did Twilight publish? 2005. 2005. Okay. That's so soon, though, after. Mm -hmm. Like, some people, their book gets, like, you know, taken by an agent, and then it takes that long, like, years to get then a publisher, and then from there, maybe it takes even longer, and, like, that's really quick. Yeah. I do think some of it is, like, how good was the marketing team at Little Brown that, like, they were able to get that? Because books publish all the time, and vampire books, like, yeah. there was probably a good amount of, like, young adult vampire oh, books God. at the time, and, like, what about Twilight, other than it was a unique story? Like, mm -hmm. why did it become such a... Hmm. Hit. Maybe we should look into that. Song. Yeah. <laughs> How did they market it when it first came out? Yeah. I, I remember hearing about it. I just heard about it from more than mouth, so. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't hear about it until 2007. Mm -hmm. 2000, or 2008. Yeah. I didn't hear about it Bef until 2008, I well, think. Well, the book, yeah. uh, movie was being yeah. made. Mm -hmm. So who was reading it in 2005? <laughs> Cooler people than us. Yeah. I mean, hey, I was in fifth grade, so like, give me a break. Yeah, I was in <laughs> I probably could have read it, though. Like, I had already read, like, the yeah. thickest Harry Potters by then, so. But at the same time, I don't really know if I was super ready for romance like that. I yeah. yeah. I think, well, I was in third grade mm -hmm. and fourth grade. Mm -hmm. That's pretty young. Yeah. I didn't even read back then. What was this bullet point oh, about dreams? Oh, I said, um... She, the only other dream she had about Twilight was mm -hmm. during, well, she could have had more recently. That would be interesting. Mm -hmm. But um, was during um, when she was writing New Moon, Edward showed up and told her that <laughs> she got it wrong and that he can't just feed off of animals. Oh my gosh. That's the only dream she had. I've had so many dreams about Twilight. Me too. I had one like this week. <laughs> I had a lot. I remember one about Edward with like a trash bag around his shoulder on a, and he was standing on a picnic table. I don't remember why. I don't know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. So that was t 70 up until Twilight's release, right? Okay. So I want to ask what you think about, before I get into this, what do you think about Stephanie Meyer? Like her personality? Like what do you think of her? I have sometimes been judgmental of mm -hmm. her myself. Mm -hmm. um, just thinking... I mean, not liking some of the choices that she made yeah. with, like, Renesmee and Jacob and not releasing mm -hmm. Midnight Sun and thinking that, I don't know, I feel like I've thought that she was kind of uptight. Yeah. Has this research, like, changed your opinion at all? Kind of. She's pretty likable in interviews. And, like, I think she's just a private person. And honestly, like, just the whole story of how she became a writer is, like, everything just kind of worked out and she was lucky and she never saw herself as entering into, like, being a famous person. Yeah. So, like, she just kind of ended up here and, you know, was just navigating it. And yeah. And trying to live a private life. And so, I don't think that we yeah. really know her despite this research, but... Of course not. Yeah. I feel similarly. I think before... I never really watched interviews with her back in the day. I don't know why. 
And by back in the day, I mean like when the Twilight movies were coming out and stuff. And I also was very angry about Midnight Sun. Mm -hmm. And I thought that she was like stubborn for not releasing it. And that's kind of like the only place I got my feelings from was the Midnight Sun thing. But then I've been watching a bunch of interviews with her. And I feel like she's a very kind person. I feel like she's understanding. Yeah. I feel like she gets why some people are upset with her decisions. I feel like she understands the criticism. Yeah. And I've noticed that when people ask her questions that are kind of tricky or a little presumptuous or, you know, she negative, doesn't, she, she, she doesn't, doesn't react sh- badly. Yeah. She's, she is very composed and is, like, friendly about I it. I saw a clip of her at a Comic-Con, mm-hmm. and, like, she was kind of rude to a person who <laughs> asked about Midnight Sun, and she was like, this question is for Stephanie, and I guess maybe Rob, like... Do you think that there will ever be any media released about Edward's point of view? Mm -hmm. And Stephanie was like, I don't know, Rob. Do you think, Rob, do you think you're going to write a book? Like, do you think that you will write? Like, she was just kind of, like, insulted that this person included Rob. Yeah, that's actually kind of weird, though. Why would Rob be included? Yeah, well, maybe, like, if he would portray (laughs) Edward in, like, a midnight That was recently? It was... Well, it was during a Comic-Con for, like, a Breaking Dawn, I Mm -hmm. think. But she was like... She was, mm. you know, this poor fan just like yeah. was brave enough to ask a question, and yeah. she was. I guess it was supposed to be joking, but it, it was mm-hmm. kind of awkward. Yeah, but like I've seen people ask her questions that I can tell are like bait, kind of. They're like, "Do you think Bella's a good role model?" Like I can tell that the person's like, "Because I don't." Yeah, and I think that yeah. Stephanie handles it well. Yeah, she's not like insanely defensive or anything. Or angry, I don't know. And then, like, we were talking about J.K. Rowling, and I hate to compare them, but, like, the comparisons always come up. Mm-hmm. I do kind of admire that she isn't, like, talking about it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's true. It's, like, a little annoying. I don't know anything about Susan Collins. I don't even know what she looks like. <laughs> <laughs> she has very frizzy hair. Oh, she does? Yeah. <laughs> Is she young? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can look into it. Well, so speaking of J.K. Rowling, I I wrote down that in 2009, USA Today revealed that Stephanie broke J.K. Rowling's record on their bestseller list. Which upset you at the time. Yeah, but like I actually remember when that happened. I remember being at Borders, which rest in peace, Borders, Mm -hmm. um, and seeing... They used to do this thing where they would have like the top 20 books all in order, and I remember Eclipse beat Harry Potter like Eclipse was at number one oh, wow. and Harry Potter was after it and has like <gasps> I mean that's a little unfair because Eclipse came out after so like of course that's gonna happen but I remember being like shocked by it and that the four Twilight books had spent 52 straight weeks in the top 10 so speaking of Midnight Sun I guess Stephanie she had 12 chapters written and you guys can read it online if you haven't read it yet and I guess her mom, like, really wants Midnight Sun to be a thing and, like, mm-hmm. kept asking her. And I guess Stephanie wrote more of it for her mom, and her mom has read that, but, like, we haven't seen it. That's so... Wait, so she already wrote 12 She's chapters. written more since, like, in how we've read some of it Did we read online. 12 chapters? I think so. That's a lot. Yeah. Seems like she's almost done. I know, right? It's like, you can't do a little Why bit Why can't you do that for your mom and not us? I know. That's I know. crazy. It's frustrating. 
and this is all a lot of this I'm, at first is just from wikipedia so i'm sorry like you could find this too but <laughs> <laughs> um i thought this was just really weird well she said that like some of her influences of the twilight saga include the x-men cartoon hgtv iron man somewhere in time stranger than fiction and baby mama what? Why? Like, how does HDTV influence Twilight? Yeah. Or Iron Man? I guess maybe, like, her inspiration for the Collins or, yeah. like, the different okay, vampire but powers. HD... Oh, maybe they're home? Maybe. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Or, like, maybe just she gets character ideas from all the people she sees on yeah, HDTV. Yeah, but I don't maybe. know. And I feel like that's something for anyone that doesn't know. On. I don't know. It's like just an American channel, maybe Home and Garden TV. It's like a lot of shows about. People, it's like like house hunters. People go shopping for houses. Yeah, like, and like fixer up homes. <laughs> yeah. and like uh, shows about hoarders. Yeah, and, and families. And yeah, very weird. Um, and as we've mentioned before, her writing's really influenced by music. She's super into music, and she's written playlists for each book that she's written and bands that she often includes are Muse, Blue October, My Chemical Romance, Coldplay, and Linkin Park. That's really interesting. Yeah. That she's into like My Chemical Romance. I know. I can't picture that. She's like kind of emo. I know. Emo stay-at-home mom. (laughs) Yeah. Emo Mormon stay-at-home mom. I know. And speaking of Mormon, um, She's acknowledged that her faith influences her work, and, I mean, her books aren't, like, overtly Christian or Mormon or anything, but she said that she her characters tend, this is in quotes, tend to think more about where they came from and where they're going than might be typical. And she does not consciously intend her novels to be influenced by her beliefs or anything, but admits that her writing is shaped by her values. So, I, I mean, know. that makes sense. It's not sense. really on purpose. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so, I know that today Stephanie gets a lot of criticism, but, like, when Twilight first came out, people were, like, really all over this. And, mm-hmm. like, USA Today named her author of the year. She was one of MSN's most influential women of 2008. Um, she was ranked number 49 on Time Magazine's list of 100 most influential people wow. in 2008. Was included in their list of people who mattered. Wow. With Lev Grossman noting, maybe Americans aren't ready for a Mormon presidential nominee yet, but they're more than ready to anoint a Mormon as the best-selling novelist of the year. Which, again, like, why is it always about her being Mormon? It's kind of unfair. But, yeah. Um, she was... But you know what? That's interesting because I know that Mitt Romney, the presidential yeah. candidate in 2012 he was mormon yeah but that kind of seemed like a it was like oh yeah he's mormon yeah I it's know. like for a woman it's it's a bigger deal and she was just an author of a um, ya book series yeah, like yeah. why was it such a big deal yeah um and she was the second best-selling author of the decade of course after jk rowling so she's number two 
In case anyone was wow. wondering if there's like, was it the Hunger Games? No, it was Twilight. Girl power. Yeah. <laughs> and Stephanie Meyer Day is an official holiday in Forks, Washington on September 13th, the date of Bella Swan's birthday. Oh. I don't know why it's Bella's birthday, not Stephanie's, but I guess it's Christmas Eve, so Christmas Eve, yeah. confusing. Yeah. And she was also ranked number five on Forbes' list of Hollywood's top earning women, the only author on the list. What's her net worth? Do you know? I don't know. Should I Google it right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Stephanie Meyer net worth. This is just the top thing. It says $125 million. It's a lot. Do you think you can run out of that money? I'm sure you could if you had like a ton of different properties and like yeah people working there. But it seems like I she, know. I think she still lives in that small town in yeah. Arizona. Yeah. She doesn't seem to be living, like, an extravagant life or anything. Of course, there was some criticism of her. And do you remember when this happened? Like, Stephen King kind of... Yeah, he said she was all... Yeah. Shit on her. He said, the real difference is that Joe Rowling is a terrific writer. And Stephanie Meyer can't write a darn. She's not very good. (laughs) (laughs) And then he went on to say, people are attracted by the stories, by the pace, and in the case of Stephanie Meyer, it's very clear that she's writing to a whole generation of girls and opening up a, opening up kind of a safe joining of love and sex in those books. It's exciting and thrilling, and it's not particularly threatening because it's not overtly sexual. A lot of the physical side of it is conveyed in things like the vampire will touch her forearm or run a hand over her skin and she just flushes all hot and cold. And for girls, that's a shorthand for all the feelings that they're just not ready to deal with yet. Why is that bad? I don't know. Like, that's, like, his... Why does his opinion even matter? It's kind of, like, sexist what he's saying. It's like, oh, it's just for teenage girls and, like, that's a big deal for them is when someone touches them. I know. It's like... Yeah, why does his opinion? <laughs> Who knows? Because he's like a best-selling author. So, you know, we, we know that she wrote Twilight, but then she also wrote The Host, mm-hmm. which was a top-selling book. I remember that did really well, and that was an adult book, right? Not yeah. YA. And yeah. then, actually, recently he came out with another book called The Chemist. I did not know this. <laughs> you didn't know this? No, did so you? This, yeah, I did, actually. This is an adult <laughs> book, and it's more of like a... Um, action type of story it's not supernatural or okay i thought she didn't write anything since the host so that's yeah no but we neither of us have read it so yeah no i've read the host apparently it's in third person i think oh interesting interesting. she usually does first person yeah yeah it's interesting that she had no plans to be an author and then yeah just now she's written a lot became one yeah so then after the books you know she spent a lot of 2011 producing... She produced both parts Breaking Dawn. <laughs> Our least favorite. But I, I feel mean, like I kind no of... No offense to people that loved Breaking that's, Dawn. Yeah, people really do love it. Yeah. And then she also produced the film adaptation of the novel Austinland, which is by Shannon Hale, who's her friend. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I haven't seen Austin Lynn, but like I kind of well, wanted to actually. Producer of yeah. the film. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Which Stephanie's super into Jane Austen, and the movie's about women that are like obsessed with Jane Austen. Yeah. So it was totally up her alley. She also produced The Host, or at least was like a co producer. I don't remember if she was the only one. And then she's worked on some other things too film adaptation of something called 
down a dark hall? I don't know. And then, <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, this is just kind of random, but in an interview with Time magazine, she said that she never writes messages in her books. Because someone asked, like, oh, what's the message of your books? You're like, what are you trying to say about oh. mortality and stuff? And she was like, I don't write messages. I just write stories. That's interesting. And then I guess a bunch of fans wanted a different ending to Breaking Dawn and were, like, protesting it. <laughs> what do you mean different ending? They weren't happy with how Breaking Dawn ended. I'm not sure, like, what part. No I don't one, know if it was just, like, that... They're not being a fight. Maybe, or, like, the Renesmee thing. Yeah. And I guess there was, like, a protest online, and the interviewer from Time said, what do you think of that? Like, what do you think of fans that want a different ending? And she... I thought it was, like, really nice about it. She was like, I think they're all, like, fantastically passionate people and very creative, and if they have an idea, they should write it, and... That was her response to that. Oh. And, um, so it's, you know what, mm-hmm. with what you're saying, I think that she would like our podcast. Yeah, I don't maybe. think that she would be dissed by things that we've said. I hope not. Like, we love it. Yeah. Speaking of letting fans run off with their creativity, <laughs> 50 Shades of Grey. You know, it was inspired by Twilight. And on this question, in this interview with Time, another one, this was a later interview with Time, it was called 10 Questions for Stephanie Meyer. The interviewer asked, how does it make you feel that E.L. James, the author of Fifty Shades of Grey, took something that you created and used it for inspiration for something that's pretty raunchy and that made her a lot of money? And Stephanie said, um, well, I mean, for one thing, it doesn't feel that connected to me i haven't read it so i don't know i'm glad that she is doing well and succeeding and that's cool the raunchy part i wish that wasn't attached to twilight just because i don't like to think of it that way but twilight's its own thing and that's fine and the interviewer said is it weird that the protagonist christian shares your husband's first name oh (laughs) and she said i hadn't even thought about that i guess now that you point that out it's kind of weird that is really weird. That's weird that the did interviewer Eel noticed James, that. Yeah, it's weird that the interviewer noticed that. And then also, did Yelp James do that on purpose? <laughs> like, I don't I don't know. I feel like because it's weird. Like, why would she do that on purpose as a way to troll her? <laughs> or, I don't know, I'm guessing she was a big Twilight fan. So maybe yeah. she just, like, knew but that. I don't know. Stephanie's husband goes by Poncho. True. Maybe it's a coincidence. Yeah. It's just weird. Yeah, that is No, regardless, it's like some kind of connection to Christianity, Mormon, like, I don't Mm. know, it's something. Yeah. Or it's it's trying to say something about, like, Twilight was pure, I made it raunchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) The name choice is interesting. Yeah. Um, What's the girl's name in Fifty Shades? Anastasia. Oh, interesting Anna, for sure. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why. Maybe just because of the cartoon movie. <laughs> yeah. Inspired by that. I also learned, speaking of YouTubers that somehow interviewed Stephanie Meyer, there was this girl, I don't know if you saw her, her name's Christine Riccio. Her username, though, is Poland Bananas Books. I don't know. She's, like, blonde <laughs> and, like, super enthusiastic. Um, interviewed her and asked her about the book covers, and apparently the cover of Life and Death 
the hand with the green apple. That was like deliberate and on purpose. And I guess Stephanie did have some input on the Twilight covers. Wait, what do you mean it was deliberate that it was going to be a like green they, apple? Yeah, that it was a green apple. And like the way it looked, like the hand and everything, like they, she was on board with it and like they chose it. It wasn't just like random. Yeah. And I guess Stephanie did have some input with the covers, which I think is like not that normal. Like yeah, usually, usually they authors don't. don't. Yeah. And she said that the original cover for Twilight was like, vinyl with a black zipper or something and was like unzipping and it said twilight and she said it was really creepy and like that's weird i don't know why it would be like that and then she said they found a stock image of a woman holding an apple wow this is a stock image yeah wow a stock image oh my god and i think they just edited it and imagine being the stock model i know oh my god and she said yeah apples are cool she said new moon she had no say they just chose it i think new moon's cover is like a little weak to be honest it's like kind of forgettable she said the eclipse cover was her idea and the breaking dawn cover was her idea wow that's so interesting i know i guess that i work in publishing like yeah textbook publishing yeah and they always use stock photos yeah for like all the covers i bet i know i'm like i've i feel like they use stock pictures for everything yeah like even like i worked in a magazine and like they used stock pictures for that too what about album covers maybe yeah probably (laughs) i don't know and like even in like marketing i've done we used stock pictures pretending they were like very real things there's some movie that recently came out where people were criticizing how the movie poster it was like a guy scuba diving and there was like sharks and they were like found the stock photo of the shark (laughs) And someone was like, you think that person's actually going to go underwater and take this picture they were with, criticizing like, real that? sharks? Yeah. What the heck? Yeah. Okay, so also in this um, interview, you know how Stephanie helped produce Breaking Down Part 2. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it was her idea to have that, like, twist ending oh, in Breaking Down really? Part 2. Oh, really? Yeah, and she said, this is kind of funny. I'm surprised by that. I know, I was surprised by that, too. And she said that... She knew that they were breaking the rules with Alice's vision. No way. Yeah. No way. And she was like, we just had to do it. (gasps) (laughs) No. She said it. When you heard that they wanted to do that twist at the end of Breaking Dawn Part 2. Oh, that was was my idea. That was your idea? Okay. I was having dinner with the writer. Okay. And Melissa and I were at the keg in Vancouver. We're already filming one of the other films and we're working on the script. And they wanted a fight, you know. And I'm like, how do we do this in a way that doesn't undercut the story and so we're like what if it's a vision now it doesn't work with the rules because the wolves are involved so we Mm. knew that we were breaking the rules and we decided to just throw that throw that out and and go for it yeah um and and then it was great so like who can we kill (laughs) how badly can we kill them because we can kill everyone yeah it was so exciting crazy (laughs) i know you would think that she would i mean she was like i guess she, she said like i could just put it in right here but she said that they were like, how are we going to convey this? Like, we need it to be exciting, but we don't, we can't, like, underscore the actual book or, like, the actual meaning. Like, she didn't want to totally change it, but she also wanted it to be, you know, exciting. Yeah. And so they just... They just broke the rules. They just broke the rules. Which I wish, like, okay, fine, but I wish there was, like, some kind of made-up explanation. Explanation. Like, oh, now that I've hung out with the wolf so much, now I can see them. Like, I don't know. Well, yeah, I've heard that it was, like, she was working on her visions Mm -hmm. while she was away or something. Maybe. Like, how does one work on that? I just wish that they said that. Yeah. Or, like, (laughs) maybe... make something up. Like, 
in my head, my explanation is once the the like they were working together, then the treaty is over and she can see them or something. Oh yeah. If they're on the same side. I just wish it was like Remember canon, she as I say in Tumblr. She couldn't see Renesme either. Yeah, you're right. Ugh. Frustrating. And like why can she even see Bella? Yeah. Then well, why don't make couldn't sense. she see Renesme? I don't know. Because it was uncertain or something? I don't know. Oh, maybe. Who knows? And then she also said, in the script, we actually killed everyone. Rosalie had a death. Emmett, they all did. Wow. I don't know if, like, Bella and Edward did, though. She didn't say. But so, she said Rosalie, Emmett, but in the, Charlie. In the, <laughs> in the movie, they killed Carlisle, mm-hmm. Jasper, mm-hmm. Leah? Leah, Seth. Yeah. Um, Arrow. She said she always saw Arrow dying. Um, but did they kill any other Collins besides Jasper and Carlisle? Did Esme die? No. Mm, you gotta rewatch I don't, it. I don't think Esme did. But she watched, like, the Clearwaters die. And she mm-hmm. was like, oh. Yeah. And then she also said in that interview that, <laughs> since her last episode was about the New Moon soundtrack, that Hearing Damage was her favorite song. From the New Moon mm-hmm. one. Which is interesting. Because I gave that like a B minus a C. <laughs> no, but I think that's a good song. She loves Radiohead though, so I'm not surprised. Okay, another thing. A lot of people have wondered if she's going to write books about Jacob and Renesmee. Oh. Everyone always asks if she'll return to that universe, and she said, and that would be the story if I went there, if I went on with it. So I'm not going to tell you on the off chance that I do. Oh yeah, there's an outline. <laughs> there's several chapters written. It was something that I was working on before Breaking Dawn came out. Is that from Forever Dawn? I think so. Yeah. Or maybe like after Forever Dawn? Yeah. Because you said that she signed on for a three book deal, right? Mm-hmm. Forever Dawn was the second book she wrote. Yeah. So maybe it was like the third thing she wrote and then just got scrapped. She says she has like bullet points. and like I think she has an idea for Jacob and Renesmee, but... I honestly don't know if she'll ever write it. I don't need it. Yeah, I know. I, you know what I... Th- I mean, I feel like Renesmee, she was a kid, but she was like a kind of like a... The plot of Renesmee was bigger than the character of her, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I don't really get who she is. Yeah. Like, I don't know. So it's like, I don't really... You'd have to really develop her, which she probably could do for mm-hmm. like a sequel, but it's like, I don't care about Jacob and Renesmee. Like, <laughs> I don't care about... His love story with this child. We only see her as a child. I don't get why people ship it so much. Yeah. And then somebody... What was this from? This was on Hypable.com. This was an interview. And someone said, If you were to write about another character in the Twilight world, who would it be? And she said, I think if I was really going to do it, it would be Renesmee and Leah. Those are the two most unresolved characters. If I was going to do it, if it wasn't for my enjoyment, the fans would want Alice, I think. That would be the, mm. the one they definitely would want to have. No. Yeah, I don't think I need more Alice, actually. I like, think uh, Leah, I would like to see yeah, more Leah. I want more Leah, too. And then, also, same interview. Do you have one piece of Twilight memorabilia that means a lot to you? And Stephanie said, I have the main floor stone from the Volturi Tower that White Godfrey, who is one of the producers, got that inscribed it for me, and I really liked that. And I guess she had a huge smile on her face when she said that. <laughs> um... <laughs> I read something that her kids hate Twilight. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Or they're like embarrassed by it. 
Same interview, they asked her, what are Edward and Bella like towards Renesmee's parents? She said, I think they'd be great parents, but I think they'd also be terribly difficult because actually it's kind of interesting because right now I'm in the middle of a life crisis with my oldest son leaving home. He turned 18, he's moved out, and it's been so devastating in a way that I did not foresee. So having a child that grows up so fast, you don't even have time to spend with them. I think that would be terrifying. And then they asked, would Bella, would you say Edward and Bella as parents would be more like Charlie and Renee or, and she said, oh no, they're way more helicopter parents than that. They are a lot more eyes on. I can see that. Yeah. I don't know though. I feel like Edward would be helicopter. I don't know. I could see Bella like just being obsessed with Edward. <laughs> yeah. I agree. <laughs> Well, and the, when I they're in the I see me- both of them. I feel like they love each other more than they love Renesmee. I agree. I agree. That's why I don't like Renesmee because I feel like she, I mean, I don't like her for many reasons, but I feel like she complicates their love story because yeah. it's like, oh, there's this other person that they have to love I could too. honestly see Belle and Edward being like, okay, we're going to go off. Well, that's what they do in Breaking Dawn. To a trip and, like, see you later. In like, Breaking Dawn Part 2, they, she wakes up. <laughs> what do they do? She goes and sees Renesmee. Oh, yeah. Then they go in the cabin. They have sex. Like, <laughs> it's like, we don't yeah. see Renesmee that much. <laughs> As for some other things, um, you know, Stephanie had a lot of things she says she's working on. I don't know if it'll ever actually happen. One of them's being Mid- Midnight Sun. She also still says she's writing a sequel to The Host. But that came out a yeah, long time ago. a long time ago. And, like, and I, I don't know when that will ever happen. That's a long time to had between a sequel yeah she said it's partially written this is where i'm dealing with the most frustrating writer's block where i just know everything that happens maybe i need to do it on my recorder and just have someone else type it up i don't know it's weird that she struggles with this writer's block so much and like Mm -hmm. she scraps (laughs) things so easily because she wrote twilight so quickly in a matter of three months and seems like the whole series she was like busted out yeah but then since then it seems like it's been kind of hard i feel like it's I feel like it is the pressure of being successful and then knowing that people yeah. will read it. It's weird to me, too, that, like, she just came out with Life and Death so quickly. Yeah, that's true. And then, plus... When no one asked for that. So, we <laughs> haven't read Life and Death yet. I'm really sorry to... <laughs> Listen, it's, we're going to. And I actually, now that I've read all this stuff about what she's up to right now, I want to read it because, like, I'm curious. But she said that she wanted people to see that as, like... A supplement or like bonus material to the 10 year anniversary she didn't want people to think it was like a new book but I think yeah. people still saw it that way and she also was nervous that people would be disappointed that it wasn't Midnight Sun which we were yes <laughs> and so that's why there was like absolutely no promotion of it like, oh really I don't realize this but like it just came out do you remember that yeah. like there was no hype exactly it just like all of a sudden was in stores it's weird that little, and that was intentional little brown wouldn't have wanted yeah to hype it like i know she just wanted to make more money beyonce it it, as they say she just published it i have to read it yeah i mean should i say like the reason i haven't read it is Mm because i love twilight so much and Mm -hmm. it just seems like it's just too hard to wrap my brain around yeah reading it in the reverse like not having edward and Mm -hmm. and like it's like i love twilight would i would i really because I like the characters. Like, would I just, like, like this story anyway? Know. So this is what she said about life and death. So to anyone listening who doesn't know, it's a version of, a new version of Twilight that gender swaps the entire book. So, like, now Edward 
is Edith, a girl, and Bella is Bo, a boy, and like everyone's different. Like the Collins are all swapped. And but Charlie's not. In 2015, she was interviewed by NPR and they asked if the gender swapping was an answer to the criticism of Bella. And she said a little bit, you know, there's a different power to being the quiet one. And so I've never really felt that Edward was as controlling as some people think or Bella is as passive as people think. But in that one specific query, there was my ability to really answer it solidly that really, that there really is no difference when the human is the male. He's in the same predicament. He still can't lift cars over his head. On how Bo and Edith... <laughs> on how Bo and Edith differ from Bella and Edward. She says, Bo is not as angry as Bella is. He's also a little bit more OCD. And then Edith is very similar to Edward. There are a few places where I wished in the original novel I had shown what he could do a little bit more. She tends to answer questions before people can answer them more than Edward did, but more than just, oh, I should have done it that way the first time. Oh, no. But that was more just, oh, I should have done it that way the first time. And she said elsewhere in another interview that a lot of life and death was her, like, kind of changing or fixing what she did in mm -hmm. Twilight the first time. And I guess the ending is different. It Neither of us have read yeah. it. And so like you guys who have read it, you're probably like laughing at us, but like I don't know what the end is, so I'm curious. Yeah. We're going to read it eventually. I just can't picture the story without Edward. Like, I know just hearing like, Edith, oh. like like I love Edward. So <laughs> yeah. I know. I guess we just have to see like would we like Bo? Like, do I don't, want, know. I don't know. Would I like Edith? I like, don't know. I just can't even picture what the <laughs> female counterpart to Edward is. I just have a few like random things about Stephanie's personality these days. This is from a 2016 interview, which there aren't many super super recent interviews from her, but like this one, I guess, is one of the most recent ones. Um, they asked what her favorite guilty. This is with Entertainment Weekly. They asked what her favorite guilty pleasure TV show was. And she said, I don't believe in guilty pleasures. If something brings you pleasure, embrace it. Which kind of reminds me of Twilight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the song people might be surprised. I know all the words, too. She said, every original song in the movie Sing Street. I love that movie. And I think that's cool that she knows those songs. They said, the book I'd use to squash a bug. I don't know if this is what they were hoping she would say, but she said, Breaking Dawn, it's heavy, thick enough to give me some strategic distance from a bug, and I have lots of copies on hand. Okay. So they were hoping she would diss a book. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And she said her own book. <laughs> That's um, smart. The last show she binged, this was in 2016, she said, Stranger Things, so amazing, so long to wait until the next season. So I guess she's into Stranger Things. And then... Once again, she brings up her, you know, classic literary. Mm -hmm. She always talks about this. They, That's why it makes me think she's not a big reader, because she always brings up the same books. I know. This one, she brings up a few, I don't know. They said, who would be her guests at a dinner party? And she answered, there's serious versions of this dinner party where I would invite Charlotte Bronte, classic, Jane Austen, classic. Louisa May Alcott, L.M. Montgomery and Shakespeare, but that sounds so intimidating and not really enjoyable. So honestly, I'd have to go with people who make me laugh. Mindy Kaling, Leslie Jones, Kate McKinnon, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, Nick Offerman, Bill Murray, Bill Hader, Aziz Ansari, Mitch Hedberg. There are so many. How big is the table? Um, 
how big is the table I'm working with here? And do I have to talk or can I just listen? Sounds like she's a big SNL fan. Yeah. Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) She's just like you and me. She does actually sound like really regular. Oh. This is just more about life and death. And this is an interview with MTV. They said, one line of dialogue that's significantly different is that that iconic scene where Bella lists all the things she knows about Edward and she says, I was unconditionally and irrevocably in love with him. That's drastically different from Bo's perspective. What did you, why did you make that change? I don't know what he said, but, because <laughs> yeah. we haven't read it. But she says, you know, it's funny, that specific quote, my editor was so sad because she didn't want me to change it, but because it was used so much, I mean, it's on the back of the book. I was very tired of it. It was too mm. heavy. It was too overwrought. It was too painful. Painful? That seems dramatic. Yeah. So I just, I got to just relax and sound like what a boy would say. <laughs> That's a little stereotypical, but I have three teenage sons, so I have some experience there. To me, it feels a lot more organic than the other quote. My editor wouldn't agree. And she said, it's kind of a funny thing because I've seen a little bit of what fans are saying online. There's that attitude of, this isn't a new book and this is such a lame thing to do. It's kind of funny she acknowledges that. But when I wrote this, my publisher did want to do it as a separate book, but it's not a new book. It's very much bonus material, just a new way of looking at things. It belongs in the same volume. So this, to me, is not revisiting. It was just something fun to add to the 10th anniversary edition. So if I was ever going to go back and really go back, oh, this is what I said earlier, it would be a Renesmee story. So that's interesting that that kind of mm-hmm. explains why it was printed with Twilight yeah. together. Which Because I was saying, like, I want to buy it. I need to buy it. I don't even yeah. own it. I'm such a fake fan. Um, Actually, today I went to a bookstore to find it, but they didn't have it. Yeah, I was telling you that. I don't think that you could probably find it that easily anymore. I bet it's at, like, Barnes & Noble. Yeah, probably But this was, like, a very small, independent bookstore. It's really small. They only have, like, four aisles Did they have any Twilights? They had no Twilights there. That's crazy. I was so annoyed. They think they're too good. Yeah, that's crazy. I can tell they do. Um, But, yeah. So, I want to buy it, but it kind of annoys me that it has Twilight in it because I already own Twilight. I also have the French version. It's like, okay, now I'm going to have three Twilight. (laughs) That's a lot. And also, anyone who would buy Life and Death, I guarantee you they own a copy of Twilight. Yeah. It's just way too fat, too. Yeah. It's huge, that book. It would be so hard to bring just, like, on the train with you. (laughs) Yeah. It's like a dictionary, that book. I know. I wish I could just get half of it, the life and death part. Yeah. And I'm really curious about what the end is now. I had no idea it was different. Yeah. Hmm? We're going to read it, guys. We're going to read it. So that's basically everything... She know she is a pretty private person. Yeah, there isn't a lot um, to find about what she's up to these yeah. days. But she's still writing. I guess she just came out with the chemist. We haven't read it, um, but it's very different from Twilight. It's more like real life actiony story. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think it's more adults. Yeah, I would read it. Yeah, maybe we should. How, what do we think of it? Have you guys read it? <laughs> Let us know. Hee hee hee. I think that's pretty much it, right? I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to this episode. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you guys learned something about the creator of Twilight. I definitely did. There were some things I didn't know that she said that she would 
just break the rules for the movie. I know. I was shocked by that. Yeah. I couldn't believe that. I, mean, I hope that we can interview her someday. Yeah. I bet someone she knows will look for a Twilight podcast and tell her. And that reminds me, as we said a couple mm-hmm. episodes ago, if you guys <laughs> have any free time, let us know how you found us. Oh, yeah. We're so curious. We have no idea. It's we're, like a mystery. We're just kind of doing this and... <laughs> I mean, like, we do Instagram and stuff. Yeah, but we're very <laughs> surprised and flattered to know that anybody is listening to us. Oh, I have a story, actually, about Stephanie Meyer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if this is true, but if, when I was, like, in high school, my sister's friend and my friend, honestly, oh, Carrie. Yes. And their friend, Chloe. So my friends, Carrie and Chloe, they're two years younger than me. They were, like, super into looking up people's phone numbers and calling them. And they said that they found Stephanie Meyer's phone number. I don't know if I believe it. I don't know if I believe it either, but they swear by it. Like, it was on white pages or something. Like, I don't know. And they said that they called her house. And that, I mean, this was, like, in 2008 or something. Did she answer? So, like, it's possible. And they said that she answered. What? Yeah. (laughs) And that she was, like, that Carrie... Or Chloe, I'm not sure who said it, was like, is this Stephanie? And then she was like, who is this? And they were like, Stephanie Meyer? Like, is this? And like, they asked and talked to her and then she hung up. Oh my god! I know. That's crazy. I hope it's real. Yeah, that sounds really cool. I don't know. I almost feel like, I, I think back then you could kind of get away with stuff like that. Like on the internet, people just post stuff like that. But like nowadays, no. it's like a little harder. You can be like more secretive. People would always have their... Uh, on their Facebook page, who would always have their phone number. Yeah. Like, new number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who knows? I don't know if that actually happened, but has anyone met her before? Or do you know her? Yeah. Tell her about us. <laughs> <laughs> I want to interview her. Yeah. I mean, she is... I would want to... A lot of interviews, they kept asking the same questions. Yeah. So, like, I'd want to think of some different yeah. ones. They always ask about, like, is Bella a good role model? Or how has being a Mormon influenced you? Would you rather interview Stephanie Meyer or Robert Pattinson? I feel like uh, Robert Pattinson, I mean, it would be scarier to interview Robert Pattinson, I think. Like, I would be very nervous. Yeah, yeah, because I'm like, I think with Stephanie, like, we could probably, like, laugh and stuff. Yeah, we love Twilight. Yeah. (laughs) But with him, we'd have to be like, we've seen your other movies, too. But I also wouldn't want to seem that lame. I'd want him to take me seriously. Yeah, exactly. Mm, I don't want him to. That'd be hard. Yeah. Ugh. You know what? I don't even stand a chance, like, ever talking to him. Me neither. If I ever saw him, I would pretend I didn't. Or I would just not say anything. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, me neither. Speaking of Twilight news, there's rumors that he mm. might play Batman. I wonder if we'll look back on saying this and be like, we were so wrong. We were so wrong. Or if, because we're recording this a little bit early, if it's confirmed or denied. Maybe. By the time that this goes if live. If he plays Batman, I will see the heck out of that movie. Yeah, me too. I will buy it on DVD. I will be kind of stressed, though. Yeah, because, because then it will be like, oh, like, everyone because, loves him now. And I know that in the same token, people will insult Twilight. Yes. In the process. And insult him. People, shit on him. People will be yeah. like, well, surprisingly, Edward Cullen is a great Batman. <laughs> and they'd be like, yeah, you're so right. He's leaving Twilight behind. Yeah, and like, like, oh, he always hated Twilight. That yeah, will come up again. Yeah, and it's like... Ugh. because There's a lot of as, baggage. 
Yeah, and as we've said, these superhero movies, are they really any different from Twilight? So it's, like, annoying. They're, like, the yeah, it's like, socially acceptable form of Twilight. Yeah. <laughs> so it's annoying that, like, then he's considered a serious actor, which I already think he is a serious... I think he's yeah. an amazing actor. But, like, he's a serious actor because he's in a superhero movie. I know. But because he's in Twilight, it's, like, a joke because that's catered towards women. It's I know. so fucked up. <laughs> I... Despite it all, I kind of do hope it happens, though. Yeah, me too. I think he deserves, <laughs> I think he deserves the recognition. Yeah. It is, like, it's, it is fascinating, though. I mean, I almost felt that way, like, Adam Driver, like, I loved him on Girls, and then yeah. he was in Star Wars, and people were, like, yeah. oh, he was on Lena Dunham's show, and, like, yeah. I don't know, a lot of people just heard of him then, and acted like this was his, like, step up and stuff. Yeah. And I, hate, I hate people who do that. It's, like yeah like why do you have to feel like i feel like so much of it is tied to like uh insecure masculinity where it's like all these guys are gonna love our Pattinson for playing batman but it's like they can't like they can't uh admire anyone who was in a twilight movie yeah because that might make them like less rami malik was in a twilight movie yeah nominated for best actor (laughs) yeah Wow. Anna Kendrick was in a Twilight movie. <laughs> this might be a long episode. Let's guess how long it's going to be. Two hours. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening. See you next time. Bye. You can contact us at anotherbiteoftwilight at gmail.com. Or find us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at Another Bite of Twilight. The music is by Traces. See you next time.